Welcome to another edition of Top Lines and Tales. This week we are once again kindly sponsored by Harbour Limited, suppliers of quality livestock nutrition. Delighted to have our guest host Kaylee Kennedy on the podcast again this week. And she's chatting with another one of the talented young generation of stock people, Stephanie Dick. Welcome to another edition of Top Lines and Tales, where this week I'm speaking to a young breeder with many strings to her bow, including limousines, Amberdeen Angus, British Blues, even target rifle shooting, and most recently, Blue Texel. So good morning, Steph. How are you? Good morning, Kelly. I'm good, thank you. Good. So most people know you um, through Limousine World, I would suggest. Um, very well-known Ronick Herd, run by your, your father at Mains of Thross, got near Stirling. Um, also got your own Stephic Herd. But tell us a wee bit about the background of the farm and how long you've been there. Um, well, I've been born and raised on the family farm, so I've been here all my life. And then my dad and my granddad still work here as well. Um, so it's a three-generation farm just now. And it started with my great-granddad would have had the first farm. And they split it up between my granddad and his brother. And then my granddad's kind of taken on all the farms that we've got now. Yeah. Um, so it's expanded to 3,000 acres altogether now. Yeah, so a fair, fair size of unit then. So you're running quite a lot of cattle there as well, aren't you? Yeah, there's about 250 head of pedigree limbs and then about 50 or 60 suckler cows and a small herd of Anguses and Belgian blues as well. Yeah, and some sheep as well. Yep. <laughs> Not that anyone else likes them, but I started the sheep a couple of years ago. Yeah, they do work quite well hand in hand with the cattle though, don't they? So, um, And so, as you say, it was your, your dad that started the, the limousines, your dad Ronald, so the Ronick name was born. Yeah. Um, and that was he was just a young lad when he started. Yeah, he saved up all of his pennies over the years until he was 18 and then um, took a trip to Carlisle to buy a limb cow. Yeah, and what was that cow? Uh, she was Fingask Natalie and her calf at fit was Kierholm Pandora and that's yeah. how it all started. And... Yeah, and he nearly didn't buy her at all, is that right? He was nearly a few hundred short. Yeah, well, I think he was leaving, from what I gather, he was leaving in the morning and uh, he saved up all of his pennies for years and then Grandad at the last minute was like, oh, I better just come with you just in case. <laughs> so Grandad jumped in the car as he was driving out and I think he had £5,000 or something and um, he was, the cow was five and a half and Grandad put in the extra 500 to help him get her. Yeah, well, lucky with that. And so the Ronick herd was started and fairly expanded up to 250 now from that just cow and calf. And um, would you say, is there any certain lines along the way that have helped shape the herd or any bulls that have made a big impact? Yeah, well, I'd say the kind of most prolific one or two lines that would stand out to most people would be the Broadmeadows, Ainsley line. Yeah. Um, and the kind of Ronick, Danita, Janita family as well. They would be the, the two female lines that would have impacted the herd the most. Yeah, and that Janita line did well at the Highland Show for a few years, didn't it? Yeah, I think she won it two or three years in a row, and then I think the only cow that ever did beat her was her mother. Didn't yeah. it one year, and I think Janita was reserved beating her. Yeah, you would take that, but that's not too bad a result, really, is it? <laughs> No, not bad at all. I'm going to do it again now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what about bulls then? I mean, the, the Rathconville Eugene bull has probably shaped your females a fair bit over the years, but looking at your sale that you had on Saturday, I'd say Willard Granville's put a right good stamp of shape onto your cattle. Would yeah, you agree? Yeah, I've had quite a lot of influential bulls maybe over the over years. I definitely think the Eugene, he's done the work of maybe three or four bulls for the herd, I'd say, as females. Like, he's taken kind of some of the more average cows maybe and put 
a massive stamp on them and the females through the herd, like big, square, powerful females, which is what the Ronick herd is kind of what we try and yeah. Um, so I definitely think he's put a massive stamp. And then my dad, it was dad that chose Granville um, for the reason of putting over the Eugene daughters. Yeah. So all the ones on Saturday that were the kind of the stronger Granvilles, I'd say, were the Eugene Granville cross, which is yeah they were kind of bought to go hand in hand with yeah and certainly worked well i mean those heifers looked an absolute picture um so as we said you had a, had a production sale on saturday just at carlisle there and and very strong average throughout and lots of buyers from all over wasn't they yeah no it was a it was a good average which is which is the main thing there was um some good top prices and things as well but obviously the average coming out strong is what we were aiming for and a lot of new people getting into it buying some and then some breeders we'd never heard of and things and of some of us who went to commercial herds too but no they've gone from the north of scotland to over to ireland and everything so really quite happy with with where they've all gone to yeah and as i say they did look an absolute picture and so quiet as well you said you still hand bed all your beast as well which will make quite a difference with that yeah, we have a we do have a bed. I don't get us wrong. Like we use sometimes <laughs> and things, but <laughs> the amount of cows are bed and we don't roll it. <laughs> but generally, like cows and calves, we don't like to use the bed on them. So we like to hand bed calves and like get them used to you from when you're a young age and going about the creep and we'll obviously walk through them a couple of times and check them and things like that. So they they generally are quiet. And we have a policy about keeping things like there's no point in keeping something that's that's not quiet enough for it when I'm working myself or the stocksman Stuart Betts working himself or something like that so absolutely we just we try and keep them as quiet as we can yeah yeah and so I think was it was it 14,000 your top price at Carlisle just there 14,000 yeah and then a couple at 11 and so on but you've had heifers up to 28,000 before yeah well dad has I'm trying to Kind of again, but um, Ronick McKenzie, who's going back again to that Broad Meadows Ainsley line I mentioned, um, yeah. she was 28,000 guineas back, I think it was about 1999, she was so, yeah, that would have been fair. a lot of money back then, yeah, fair price back then. And then back in, I think you said 2013 at the Red Ladies, you got the championship there with Ronick Honey, and she sold for, for 20,000 as well, yeah, she was one of her faves, she yeah, was, uh, a Eugene daughter again. Yeah, I remember she was an absolute picture, just big square, as you said, what, what the Ronick Herd's all about. And and bulls sell away quite well too, up to about 14,000. Yep, we had our top price there, 14,000 in May. Um, by a French bull, actually, that we've just bought. My auntie and uncle imported him in from France a couple of years ago, and they've since moved on and bought a new bull now. So we quite liked the stuff that they had, and we had a couple of calves off him. So we've gone and purchased him. So he's out with a bunch of 40 cows just now. Yeah. Um, Matt Ben, he's called. So that was our top price bull there in yeah. May. Uh, good, good. He's leaving a stamp already then, and, and good to get some other some other lines in as well. Because uh, a bit getting a bit of the French breeding in too just makes a good a good cross sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's something different and something nice. He's got good figures and that that go with him, and he's easy calved. And obviously, the gene pool on the limbs sometimes it can be a bit harder to with a lot of flushing and things going on. It can yeah. sometimes be harder to find an outcast kind of outcross bred thing. So that's uh, that was one of our kind of main things we liked about Matt Ben so went and bought him. Good good and so you started your own Stefik herd as well haven't you back in about 2010 you were just a youngster how did you get yeah, going with them? <laughs> I just wanted to have something of my own really like obviously they're all dads and they'll come to me and everything like that but to get your own little bit of cash in for your nights out and things like that <laughs> I uh I thought I'd start my own herd and I wanted to, when I was showing things, we had a big team for the Highland show one year and my heifer was kind of, 
it was a debate whether she got to go or not because there were so many other things and I thought oh I'll just start my own herd then I know that I'm always going to get them and go to shows and things as well so yeah I uh, just started up my own yeah and your, your dad gave you one and then your grandparents gave you two French cows as well yeah dad gave me a daughter of Janita actually she was uh, she was an embryo and she her mum never had that much milk I think she was maybe a bit sick when she was born or something I was only about 10 at the time and uh, I used to come home and like bottle feed her and help her and everything and then used to come home from school and go out to the field and feed her when she went out the summer and stuff so she'd always kind of been my cow so when I started um dad was kind enough to just transfer her into that herd so I got her <laughs> as a foundation cow and I'd say she's probably the best line in my herd grandma and granddad got two French heifers imported for my Christmas one year as well yeah, so doing all right then, and, and having some of that Janita blood in your hair to begin with is a, always off to a good start, isn't it? And you've done, done well with your own name too, reserve champion at the Yorkshire Show one year and junior champion at Stirling with a good top price. Mm -hmm. Well, both of them are from that cow family as well. Uh, Stefik Mystique, she was the one that won the Yorkshire Show and then Stefik Flashy was actually out of Vosi's first calf. So he was 10,500 at Stirling. Ah, that would fairly add to the going out fund then, that 10,500. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought um, I had to pay the insurance on him. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the downside, isn't it? But, um, <laughs> I didn't realise when I was that age all about that kind of stuff and I went to the office and asked to insure him and I was like, oh, okay. And yeah, so 10,500, you would probably think that that all goes straight into your pocket without realising all the other stuff that comes off it at that stage. <laughs> yeah, I know, when you're just young, you don't realise all the kind of stuff that goes along with it, but... Unfortunately, it didn't all quite go in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and you worked your way up through the committees and such involved with the, the limousines over the years. So you were the Young Limousine Breeders Club chairman for four years and had a good time with them, didn't you, going across to Balmoral and such? Yeah, no, well, I, I took part in all the Young Breeders stuff from a young age. Um, and then once I'd kind of done most of the things like that, they were looking for a new chairman. So I thought, oh, why not? So I went on there. It was only meant to be for two years, but I think I liked it too much. and just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it was great. Definitely a lot of different things. You got to travel up and down, see different herds. And I'd say the trips to Balmoral were definitely one of the highlights. Uh, yeah, always good fun heading across to Northern Ireland, isn't it? And and now you're vice chairman of the Scottish Limousin Club as well. Yep, vice chairman of the the Scottish Limousin Club, and I'll move on as chairman in October. Andy yeah. Army's chairman just now, but he's wanting that'll be his two years kind of done. So as long as the club wants me, I'll move up as chairman in October. Oh, I'm sure you will. Such a quite a young, enthusiastic um, top table within the the Scottish Club, isn't it? But it's great to see so many youngsters getting the chance to take on these roles. Yeah, no, it's nice to have a kind of young team, especially we all know each other quite well and things like that. So we work quite well as a team and Aileen Ritchie's the secretary, but I'm not joking you, we couldn't do it without her. She is literally a godsend with <laughs> yeah. everything. She's so like organised with everything. Uh, that's what you need, isn't it? I'm not so organised myself. So having somebody in that role is just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm, I'm glad she's there anyway for when I go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, you have missed the shows then with the limousine side of things. Um, I know you were you were judging actually at the, the Royal Highland Showcase, um, but you had a, you had some down at the, the Yorkshire, did you? Or was it just the commercials? Uh, just sheep at the Yorkshire, no cattle. Uh, the right. Stuart took his cows down and I helped him show them in the piers and stuff, but I didn't take any cattle myself. Uh, that's it. it yeah. You'll have missed the shows this year, though. It's uh, You've got quite a good local circuit up with Stirling and Gargunic and all that up near you, haven't you? 
Yeah, no, we have a lot of good shows um, pretty much every weekend from the end of May right through till about the second weekend in August or something. Um, we'll be away at a show every Saturday. Yeah. So, no, definitely miss them, miss the social aspect of them and things like that. But hopefully they'll be back next year. Hopefully, yeah. I think a lot of people have been wondering how they managed to find the time to go to shows. <laughs> These years seem to be just yeah. But I think needs must, don't they? We all enjoy getting out and going to shows. So. And uh, moving on to your Aberdeen Angus then, Steph, under the, the same Stephic name. So they've been going for, for a few years now. How did you get into them? So when I left school, I went, I was only 17 and I didn't really want to go to college when I was 17 because obviously you can't have as much of a good time and things like that. So <laughs> um, grandma and granddad were like, well, you better go and uh, explore the world a bit. You can't just sit here for a year and do nothing. So I went out to a ranch in America with uh, a friend that we actually met through the limousines called Bob Funk. I went out to his ranch and worked there. And it, he used to be at all limousine ranch, but they've since changed to an all Angus ranch and they're actually the largest um, purebred Angus purebred operation in Northern America. Oh, right. So I went out there, um, 12,000 head of Anguses. Jesus. And then I just, just grew and fell in love with them. And then when I came home, I wanted to, to start some Anguses myself. Yeah. And so how did you get into them then? What was your, your first female you bought? My first female I bought Sterling in a February sale. She was Windy Edge Juja Erica. And I showed her um, successfully kind of through that year. And then I just enjoyed it and just started buying another couple from then on. Yeah. And you were you were back across in the States as well at one point with the, the Youth Development Programme, weren't you? And, and saw some more. Yeah, um, I won the Aberdeen Angus Youth Development Programme finals. And the prize of that is you get a kind of half funded to give you like a travel scholarship to go wherever you choose. So. I kind of half thought about going to Australia and somewhere different and things like that but I had such a good time when I was in America the last time and I learned so much because they've got their own uh, flushing like they do a lot of flushing they'll do 16 cows a week on average flushing their herd so they've got their own embryo transfer center on the farm and I really enjoyed that side of it and like learning from that thing so they actually took me in there and I worked there most days and learned how to flush cows and then I got to go to some of the shows with them and they also had a Clydesdale ranch which was yeah too, <laughs> something a bit different black Clydesdales so when I was kind of if you got sick of the cows for a while I got to go away with the horses and they would travel all over America going to shows and things as well so yeah. I enjoyed the people there and I knew people so I just went back there yeah and you bought a cow over there didn't you and brought bring the eggs over every now and then <laughs> yeah I uh, there was this one cow that I fell in love with um XR Frontier Girl 37 34 she was called and she was just she would have fitted in perfect here she was probably the most British type cow that I saw over there so I asked if I could buy some embryos from her just and transfer them over but a half share had already been sold and from her to somebody else and it was $150,000 so that made the whole cow worth $300,000 maybe I can't afford any eggs out of you so I just uh the people that worked in the embryo transfer center the Schultz family they were really really good to me and I bought a cow he helped me kind of pick it at the sale I've still never actually seen her because of COVID (laughs) but I knew it was a daughter of this cow so I bought her at the sale and he runs her with his cows and she stays at the ranch and the embryo transfer a bit and they all look after her so I really kind of asked for for a better team of people to look after her for me yeah no that's great and so how many of her embryos have you put across uh, so far, I've just had the two over, um, a bull calf, and the other one didn't hold, but there's another bunch just due to come over any time now. Uh, that's exciting then. So how old is that bull calf now? 
Um, he must be about 14, 15 months now. Right, and you'd be aiming him for October sales or keep him on for a wee bit longer? Um, probably a wee bit longer. Maybe he's not quite as old as 14 months. And I think he'll be through for February the 8th that he's at. Um, yeah. Is the plan. Grand. And so just the six cows in your herd, in the Angus herd. Um, but what is it about the Angus that you like then? I mean, you know, people that have got limousines probably wouldn't have Angus and vice versa. But what is it that you like about the Angus? Yeah, they're quite a strange combination to have to get in. Um, I don't know, just there's there's something different about them. I like the black cows especially, but if you get an Angus female, I think there's nothing more stylish than like an Angus heifer, a good Angus yeah. heifer at shows. I just love them. And obviously they've got their whole market inside of it and easy flesh and things like that. There's, there's a lot of bonuses to them, their premiums and the branding and things like that that they've got going for them too. Yeah, and, and so as you say, you did quite well. I think that Juja Erica, you were winning championships with her in the first year, were you? Yeah, she was first at the Highland Show and reserve junior female. Yeah, and did you have her at the Yorkshire as well? Uh, no, I didn't go down to the Yorkshire at that time. Um, I think it was my uh, Jasmine heifer I took down to the Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah but done, done quite well with your Angus too over the years and getting quite a name for yourself as then. And have you sold any of your Angus yet? Yeah, I've sold a couple of bulls, sold some privately at home um, and I had a bull calf last year, two years ago, that was doing quite well. He was champion at Stars of the Future and the Black Beauty Bonanza and things like that. And then I took him to Sterling, it must have been last October during the COVID and everything. So there was no show, unfortunately, but I sold him for 6800 Yeah, so doing all right with those as well on the, on the sale front. And yeah, then, we're getting there, and I have a really nice bill cab for the kind of back end shows this time, and then through for February. Aye, uh, good, good to see you doing so well with those. And um, as you said, the, the youth development program been doing quite well with that, and you're actually the Scottish coordinator for them, and you've had trips across to Canada with the with them as well. Uh, yeah, the Aberdeen Angus one was the trip to America, and then the it was a Charlie Youth and the Belgian Blues that I got the trip over to Canada with. But I work for the society and do the Scottish coordinator for the YDP, and we run workshops and everything throughout the year and the senior conferences and things like that. Yeah, and they're always very well supported these events as well, aren't they? Yeah, the Angus Society does a lot for their their youth development. They put a big kind of chunk of money towards them every year, and they definitely are very supportive and helpful towards towards making the event successful. Yeah, aye, that's good to know. And, and as you said, you got got a few handful of blues as well. <laughs> Another one a bit, a bit different. Um, what was the story behind them then? How did you get onto them? It was dad that kind of had a little bit of a passion for him, I think, and I was younger as well and they were quiet. It was something I could work a bit more with. And he went down and bought a Tamhorn cow. She's she just bought one cow to start with and they've all kind of came from her, but no, they've, they've got on quite good. We just thought about kind of breeding our own bulls and things like we run a blue bull with our commercial herd. So yeah. we thought about breeding our own bulls and then we've taken a couple of bulls out to sales and things like that too. So no, I quite like them. And uh, and you judged the, the blue classes at the Royal Highland Showcase this year and that was quite a beauty. You, you did like that heifer that was your champion there, didn't you? Yeah, I saw with you, Pearl. She was she was young and she, it was hard because she was in a class. There wasn't a massive amount of them at the show, but she was in a class with kind of a lot of older heifers. Um, mm. And she would have been, she wasn't even a year old at the time. And I was like, oh, but she was absolutely a picture. So I put her up and yeah, definitely would have taken her home. Yeah. And so what is it that you quite like about the blues as well? I love their, their docile natures and things like that. They're so easy to work with. And obviously they're muscling 
qualities that they've got you can put them over anything and get good commercial calves and those limb blue crosses that's what we try and do with our commercial herd um, they work and sell away quite well yeah and so your, your suckler herd you've got about 50 60 cows there is it all all limbs and blue yeah. crosses that you've got uh, it's a little bit of a mixture it's mainly kind of some bottom end limb cows and stuff we put over and anything like our old recipes so it can be some of them are like half limmy half dairy crosses and then yeah. some of them are pure limmy blue kind of thing so there is a bit of a mixture but once we're finished with recipients in the kind of pure herd they then just go over to the cross herd and have a couple of calves out that way and they can kind of breed replacements or more recipients yeah. or things like that for us exactly and the, you know having a bit of dairy in there is not such a bad thing but and getting the, the blue on top of that it's going to give you quite a nice calf for selling as well yeah yeah um, no exactly and are you selling them sore or do you take them through to finishing weight uh, no, we sell everything store from the commercial herd um, at about 10, 11 months old. Yeah, getting getting good prices for them then. Um, yeah, no, strong prices. There's a lot of people that kind of, they come in, they buy those heifers off us every year. So they, they generally come back and a lot of them go up to Balfour Bailey and things in Orkney. He always buys a good few of them. Uh, good, yeah. So off to good breeding homes up there, breeding sort of show calf styles up there. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so talk, we've talked about all your, your different trips abroad with different things, but you've done very well closer to home in the, the Highland Show, the Young Farmer Stockmanship Competition, haven't you? Pretty good record there, I'd say. Yeah, not too bad, really. Yeah. It's just a shame I'm going to be too old for it. COVID's ruined my last couple of years because <laughs> my birthday falls just before the Highland Show, so I'll be 28 by the time the next Highland Show comes and I'll have missed my last kind of two years um, um. chance at it. Ah, that is a shame, but you could still do the associates. I know it's not got such a good, a good name, but um, so you've been beef individual. Holding on. <laughs> grasping on. Uh, been beef individual. You've won the pairs beef twice, and then part of the the winning Glasgow Herald team six times, which is a pretty good record. Yeah, obviously the the Glasgow Herald I couldn't have done that without the rest of the team and everything as well. I'm lucky to have such a a strong club in the three S's. There's a lot of like keen and good stock judges in it. So it's been it's been really good that way and getting to go out to different people's farms, learn about all the different breeds and things. I've I've really enjoyed my time doing the stockmanship programme, to be honest. Yeah, it's good. And as you say, that, that three S's club, you are just all so enthusiastic, such good stockmen and such good friends as well, aren't you? You can see that when results are announced that you're all just so chuffed for each other as much as yourself. Oh, it's such an emotional day. <laughs> <laughs> you're all just standing in this little huddle waiting for the results and everything. But no, we're definitely we're definitely a close group of young farmers and everyone like even if you don't win, if one of your teammates does, we all know how much effort everyone else has put in. Like we can be out practicing till like one o'clock in the morning sometimes and things like that. So we all know that everyone puts the effort and so we're delighted for anybody in the club to do well really absolutely and and uh, sticking with cattle and you you show a few commercial beasts of your own don't you but help um gareth small a fair bit going across to northern ireland and then he comes across here so what have been your biggest achievements showing commercial cattle um probably the biggest one or my favorite one i'd say would be a heifer we had called Khaleesi 2014 she would have won what did she win first? Agri Expo and then she went on to win Smithfield as well. And then yeah. she was shown at the Balmoral and things like that. So I'd say she would have probably been been my favourite one. Yeah, she was an absolute picture. Just unbeatable that year, wasn't she? I remember seeing her at the expo yeah. and she, was, she brought out to perfection and that's what Gareth can do so well, isn't it? And um, yeah, no, he's a master at that. <laughs> and you did quite well with um, showing some of Gareth across Northern Ireland. It was, a, I think, three flush full siblings, was it, that got the top of the three of the top tickets? 
Yeah, it... no, he's he's had a lot of good a good cattle. I think it was the the three flushes, yeah. Um, and then over the years, God, there's been so many of them over the years. To be honest, to remember every one of them, but um, Pocahontas would have been one. I think she was one of the flush ones as well that would have stuck out for me. And he's another good lineup of calves this year. Byronic hawk out of his Pocahontas cow. So right. Um, be so one hopefully they'll they'll be coming over the water in the back end. I would hope. Yeah, and done some done quite well with some of your own as well. So been a steer calf champion for the last two years at the Welsh Winter Fair. Yep. No, I've uh, had a couple of calves. Um, for one was a homebred calf the first year, and then I bought one in the next year. Um, I actually shared my boyfriend Sandy, and then hopefully I've got another one this year. So we'll see if we can get a little hat trick. Yeah, that'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? And so that that first one, your homebred one, how was he bred? Um, he was by a homebred bull as well, actually a Cannon son, which yeah. you wouldn't really think for commercials, but he was a Cannon out of a Eugene, a bull called Ronick Legend. Um, right. So we kept him, and he unfortunately only got one season out of him before he fell off a cow and hurt himself. Oh, but he was a calf by that bill. Yeah, and then you've been buying in. So you used to buy in some for the young farmers over wintering competitions as well, didn't you? And give you a good start. Yeah, no, that was definitely a highlight of the young farmers too. So I bought, I used to buy quite a few for them. And then sometimes if they were good enough, I'd sometimes keep them and then keep them on and show them in the back end or things yeah. like that. What is it that you like about showing the commercials? Does it different much to showing pedigrees or are you still looking for the same sort of aspects in a beast? Uh, yeah, it is a little bit different. It's the same, obviously, pedigrees. You're looking for, I'd probably go a bit more size and power and femininity, like the females and things in, in commercials, and you don't have bulls in the pedigree, sorry, and you don't have bulls to show in commercials and things like that. But it's more the social aspect with the, ped the commercials that I love as well. It's a nice little group of people, and we get to go away to things like the Welsh Winter Fair and things like that. Um, so it's a nice group like we get a bus down from the Scottish Winter Fair and go away to the Welsh, and it's a couple of days away, and it's not quite as much stress and pressure I think is the pedigrees either yeah. like obviously there is a lot of people like in the commercials and Gareth does so well for it as well but I think because I don't necessarily show all my own ones and stuff sometimes it's it's just a bit more of a fun side of things <laughs> yeah take a bit bit less of the stress out of it yeah, yeah. so you said as well you not many other people means to throw so keen on the sheep but um you've, <laughs> you've got about 100 commercial yows and a recently established flock of blue texels yep that's right yeah, so touch on the, the commercials first of all, what kind of yows are you running there? Uh, Suffolk Halfbred yows and Aberfields is mainly yeah. what I run, but I'm I'm debating moving to the kind of mules. Um, I had a couple of mules this year to see and put them to the Suffolk to kind of try and, because I've now got the blue tech, so I was wanting some Suffolk mule lambs for my recips for flushing in the next couple of years. Yeah. So I tried that this year and I thought it worked quite well, so... I don't know because I love my Suffolk yows like they're such big strong like I'm all about like the big breedy kind of yows yeah. Um, so mules aren't really my favourite type of sheep to look at but obviously they do a job and there's a place for them so we're yeah. just debating whether to to change our kind of system this year or not. Yeah that's it and a lot of people are using these Suffolk mules for recips and think they're great sheep for that so. Yeah so well I used them last year and they're expensive to buy in as well so <laughs> I thought at least if you're, if you're breeding your own ones they're there so. Yeah, exactly. That's a kind of thought process behind that. Yeah, you could be one of the ones making money on selling recips as well. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> uh, so your, your blue texel flock, you started that uh, just last year. What was your, your foundation female there? Uh, foundation female would have been, well, I've 
it started with four this year, but my main one would have been my Derg. She was the first one I bought from Alan Short. Um, yeah. The boy that I've bought a lot of my Anguses and that from as well, actually. Um, she would have been my first one and he kept her over there for me and flushed her and then sent her over with some eggs implanted and her and lamb and stuff as well. So he was really um, good to me that way. And then yeah. I bought another another couple over here as well. Yeah, and and so that that flush did well for you, that's for sure, because uh, your very first time shown at the Yorkshire with your very first lambs, and you only went and won it, didn't you? <laughs> Don't ask me how it happened, because I have no idea. <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely delighted. Never shown a sheep before in my life, but yeah, had a wee champion, so exactly i know it's only hopefully it'll all stay at the top for you now but well yeah. i know there's only one way to go now isn't there and that's down <laughs> but yeah but that was a, a year lamb that was champion for you wasn't it and so what's her name uh stefik flojo is her yeah. name, which is actually the name of a commercial that gareth and i showed a couple of years ago as well yeah so well named she, then she won the highland show so we kind of named well it was just by chance like i had a couple of yow lambs and i didn't really know which one to take but flo just just had that extra little bit of style and sass about her so yeah. um took her john graham actually helped pick her so i have to give him a little bit of credit because he helped me between the two and he dressed her for me yeah. and then uh, took her and yeah she she won. <laughs> she won yeah and as you say she had that bit of sparkle in her didn't she she had such a beautiful head on her that just caught the eye yeah no when you let her go she's just so much sass about her running around the ring that, yeah. that I think the judge just kind of fell in love with her. Ah, and I think that's what it's all about you can have the best of beasts but if it doesn't show itself well then it's not really going to do as well as, as something that maybe isn't as good confirmation wise but knows it's a good sheep you know it's all about yeah. that presence in the ring isn't it? Oh, well, as, she knew she was a good sheep when I was trying to hold on for dear love not knowing <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> yeah and so what is it about the blue texels that made you want to get into them then? I've always quite liked them for the last maybe five or six years since they kind of came in but I didn't know if they would be a novelty breed when they first started and they'd kind of die out after a couple of years or not so I was a bit reluctant to get into them at the start but I wish I had just got into them when I wanted to but instead I bought a blue texel top and I yeah. used him over my cross yows for a couple of years and he was giving me like all E and U grade lambs and they were all making good money, easy lambed, up and sucking. Like you've never seen lambs up and sucking as quickly as the blue texels and yeah. hardly any work put into them. So I thought, oh, I'll just, like I always wanted them. So I just decided that I would just buy a couple of pures and, yeah. and get on with it. Good. And so what's the plan now? Are you going to stick with just a, a quite a small flock or are you going to build it up a bit? I think I'll probably stick with a smaller flock. Like I'm flushing them. Um, I've got them booked into flush again this year and things like that. So. But I don't want to get too many just for the the size of fields and things around here. And I think it's nicer to maintain like a smaller flock of quality than and yeah. have a massive flock. And the blue texels, there's not a huge, huge demand for them either. Like there's a lot of females and things, but tops like it's just commercially wise and things like that, unless you've got a really good one. So hopefully yeah. they'll keep growing and things in the future and more people and more, more people get into them and it'll be maybe nicer to have a larger flock. But I think the way that, that I'm kind of situated just now would just be to keep a smaller flock of them. Ah, you've got plenty of other things to keep you busy as well, haven't you? So. Yeah. <laughs> right. so out with the show, the agricultural world, you do a bit of target rifle shooting, which is something a bit different. And also you've shot for Scotland and Great Britain. Done quite yeah. well. Over the years, I uh, shot for Scotland. I all started when I was at school, to be honest. Um, I was in the cadets at school and it was just something a bit different. I had a different kind of hobby in that. So I enjoyed it. And then turned out I was quite good at it so I, was, I always <laughs> like things I'm good at so I just stuck at it and then when I left school I went away and 
trained a bit more and shot for Scotland. We went to California on tour and shot against America. And then I was in the Great Britain under 19 team, which we toured to South Africa for an international match over there. Yeah, so done all right then. <laughs> Not too shabby. <shabby-y>. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's nice as well to have someone, someone different, a hobby, different people. Like they ask about cows the first time I see them, they're like, oh, how are the cows? And then after that, there's no farming talk, there's nothing. It's just a different group of people, different friends. And I've got to travel the world a bit out of it and things like that. So it's, uh, it's definitely worthwhile. Absolutely. And so what's next in the cards for you this year then? Is it is it gearing green cattle towards sales or what's next? No, it's top sales. I'm a big sheep farmer now, so top sales are next. <laughs> so you've got many goats and sales? Uh, yes, if anybody wants a blue texel top, I've got four <laughs> headed to Carlisle. Um, I think it's the end of August. And yeah. I've got two yellow lambs that are full sisters to the Yorkshire Show champion entered for that as well. Excellent, good. And then and then after that, eventually we'll get on to the bull sales. So you've got team yeah. head. <laughs> I am actually, when I finish this uh, this year, I'm actually away to go and get the, the bulls for October and that's our job for this afternoon. So yeah. um, we'll go and pick what's going to Carlisle and what's headed for Stirling um, this afternoon. Yeah, it's kind of scary thinking that these things are coming around so quick, isn't it? It's, like, I, I know. Can't... Well, because we've had the sale and everything as well, um, the bulls kind of, they would have usually been in just the middle of July, but with having everything inside for the sale, we thought we'd get that out of the way and then and then concentrate yeah. on the bulls. So they've maybe not, not been inside early enough, but hopefully they'll be all right. Well, they'll be fine, I'm sure. It's been been good good cattle weather, really, yeah, isn't good it? good weather, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so well, good luck at your your future sales, Steph. Your first time selling blue texels, and then with your your um, cattle sales later on. Wish you best of luck with those, and thanks very much for chatting to us. Thank you. No, Cheers. Thank you very much, um, and goodbye. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast, which was kindly sponsored by Harbro, suppliers of quality commercial and pedigree feeds and expert nutritional advice. Visit their website or find them on Facebook for more information. And while on the subject of Facebook, why don't you visit the Top Lines and Tales Facebook page, where you'll find photographs and more information to back up this episode.